The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Cecily Nipper with Decorating for the Holidays with Vision Loss. Welcome to those of you in the Zoom room here who have joined us and to those on ACB Media. I would like to welcome you to the second installment of my three-part series on holiday decorating. Next week will be the final week. That will be December 17th at 5 p.m. I want to thank Carrie, our host, Chanel, our streamer broadcaster, and Danette, for moderating in Clubhouse. Last week, we went over a craft and a lot of things surrounding the sense of touch. Tactile wreaths, tactile ornaments, ways that we could decorate with paper. And you all brought your suggestions to the call. And I would like you to bring your suggestions to the call once again. So while I'm talking, if something comes to your mind, go ahead and raise your hand and I will call, uh, ask the host periodically to call on those who have raised hands every, every segment or so throughout the program. The first thing I want to introduce is a craft. And I have two crafts today, one that relates a little bit more with last week. So I'll do it first. And then one that moves into this week's, which is the sense of smell. So for last week, this is a craft that you do with buttons. And you can get a variety pack of buttons, sometimes from the Dollar Tree. You may have a button box lying around in your home. You can use buttons in any color you like. You can buy a pack from Amazon that has all the same color buttons in different shades if you'd like. The reason the color may matter or may not matter, maybe all that matters to you is texture, but they do need to be flat buttons, either two holes or four holes. So you can't use the ones with the hook on the back. It has to be flat with drilled holes. And you simply stack your buttons from largest to smallest in what feels to you like a triangle shape or the shape of a tree. In the example I have, it took about eight buttons to make a tree shape. And the person who submitted this suggestion used all red buttons for their Christmas tree, but you could obviously use all green. Or like I said, I think it would look lovely to make a number of these in different sizes with variegated colors. I don't see a reason why you should be bound by just one color. And then you would take a piece of string and a needle. I use the easy thread needle that is available from most of the stores that sell to for medical products like Maxi Aids, Independent Living Aids, LSNS. Easy Sew, S-E-W, are the names of the needles. And they're the kind with a tiny slit in the top of the needle that you press the thread down and it pops into the eye of the needle and you don't have to thread the needle with a needle threader. You could use um, whatever, the, the larger 
the size of the buttons, of course, the larger the holes. And when I saw it done, I saw it done with several strands of embroidery thread. But if the buttons were large enough, you could use a twine or something a little bit larger yourselves. Or if you really don't want the thread to show it all, you could use the clear embroidery floss or clear fishing line in whatever di diameter will fit through the buttons. So thread it through the needle, thread the needle down through one set of holes and up through the other set of holes. And I found that to be simple to do by feel. I also want to experiment with doing it with a piece of wire. I think you could do that also. And then as someone suggested last week with a candy cane craft, you could let the wire be longer, twist it at the top to hold it taut, and then use the loop that's left at the end as the hanger to hang it on the tree. If you use thread, I would advise leaving a loop of thread to hang it on the tree as well. Or if you don't wish to leave a loop and you want it to be tight, then tie it tight, tie it at the bottom. And then at the top, you can use an ornament hook. So that's the bonus craft that came my way since we met last week and I thought it would be simple to do. I enjoyed trying it. As for the sense of smell, smells can take you back. And some of the smells we're going to discuss during this lesson, during this installment of holiday decorating, may be a little bit unusual. But I just don't want to talk about decorating. Only I want to talk about things that are not only decorative, but also take your senses back to where they want to be. And I'm going to talk some today about the concept of Huga or Higa, but the book from Bard about Huga says it that way, so I'm going to try to say it that way. And it's spelled H-Y-G-G-E, and it's the little book of Huga, and the book of Huga. Both of those are on Bard, and one is by Louisa Britz Thompson, and one is by Meek Weeking. I'll talk more about what the concept means later on, but it uses the senses to evoke a peaceful feeling. At the holiday time, it can be very busy, and we need that peaceful feeling. For some of us, it's a spiritual time for Advent, for, to celebrate the coming of Christmas. For others, we may look forward to the solstice on the 21st when the days begin to lengthen. Or Hanukkah, which is going on right now, which we discussed at length last week. So for the sense of smell and also for tactile, we all know that one of the abundant fruits available this time of year is the orange can get little clementines, but for this I recommend big navel oranges with a thick skin. You'll find out why in a moment. And the spices. Spices of the season. Some of us started back in pumpkin spice when it first came out. We enjoyed it from the very moment it came out until now we've moved into the peppermint mocha season. 
for those of you who keep your calendar based on the Starbucks menu like I do. Take an orange and a bowl of cloves, whole cloves, and with, I would recommend a silicone thimble if you have one, or maybe you want to use a washcloth because it can be kind of pokey if you do it straight with your thumb, but you can do it straight with your thumb. Poke the cloves into the orange. It'll release the oils of the citrus and it will, and the citrus oils in turn will release the smell of the cloves. And you can place it in a fruit bowl. You can place it on your table, in your kitchen. It's a beautiful fragrant thing that you can enjoy. It also feels really cool. This bumpy little orange. It feels like the Death Star for any Star Wars fans. So the orange with the cloves. Other things you can do with cloves. Make wassail. I talked a little bit about wassail during my holiday beverage call a couple years back. It's hard to believe we've been doing this for years. Wassail is a combination of apple cider and other fruit juices and certain spices. It has two whole star anise. It has 16 whole clove. It has whole cinnamon sticks. Now for cinnamon sticks... If you're brave enough to use a low heat glue gun, you can put down one cinnamon stick and then break cinnamon sticks into graduated sizes from about one inch to about four inches in length and glue them on to the center stalk to make a Christmas tree made out of cinnamon sticks. Pop on a pipe cleaner. Hang it on your tree. You've got a little fragrance there that can even last from year to year. Other spices that are sense memories. Now, if you have any sense memories, feel free to raise your hand. And I'd love to hear about yours as well, especially at the holiday time. I looked ahead to New Year's with this first one. So this may not be exactly what you might expect. The smell of turnip greens in a pot on the stove with bacon fat, with salt, mm, and whole pieces of bacon in. Takes me right back to New Year's Eve, right back to the rice, tomatoes, and greens that we have for good luck and money and prosperity for the year. Not sure that really works, but we have it every year. Peppermint sticks, soft ones, soft peppermint sticks, and mothballs. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but those are the smells of my grandmother's house we would go to at Christmas when I was growing up. We only usually saw her at the holiday time. And peppermint and mothballs, what her house smelled like. So that's a sense memory. Here are a few senses you may have heard of. Frankincense and myrrh. Now, I don't think most of us probably have either of those in our home. I have had the opportunity to experience them. We bought a kit that had them in it that was designed for presentations related to Epiphany, which is the date in the church year to celebrate the coming of the wise men. 
in the Lutheran Church. And myrrh has a slightly medicinal smell and is related to the camphor plant. So if you've ever put camphor on a sprained ankle or used it to clean kerosene, myrrh is that same smell. And frankincense is in the pine conifer family and smells a little bit like pine trees. So myrrh and frankincense, biblical words with actual smells associated. It's fascinating what we can do with our sense of smell and where all it can take us. Going back to spices and back to peppermint. Something we do over the holidays in what is generally dry weather, although it's pouring today, we boil in a heavy stock pot several cups of water with whole spices, cinnamon, cloves, nutmeg, and orange peels or lemon peels. Any citrus will, will work for this. After we've eaten the orange, pop it in the pot, bring it to the boil, and you get a humidifier for your home, and you also get to smell the warm spices in your home. Another thing you can do with cinnamon sticks is attach them either with really stiff tape or straight up glue them to the outside of a candle holder of one of the scented candles you buy, and you've added peppermint to the scent of your scented candle. I mean peppermint. Cinnamon. You could also do a humidifier with a pot of water and a drop of peppermint oil. I will say, do not have your face over the boiling water when you drop the peppermint oil into it or you will get a peppermint facial and it will burn your eyes. So those are some scents. We talked a little bit about it last week. A lot of people enjoy the scent of, a, of an indoor tree, an indoor Christmas tree or an indoor wreath if you're able to tolerate such a thing. We have sage which is more so I think of as a Thanksgiving spice, but that's all right. Hookah is actually a fall holiday meant to, but, but it extends into December. So scented candles, you know, come in all shapes and sizes and you can choose the ones that are right for you. I use a warmer with an automatic shutoff for my scented candles. It feels safer to me. All right, so. Although hygge is traditionally in fall, with apple picking, chili cook-offs, and the falling leaves, it's actually an attitude, a state of mind, going closer to nature. For dishes you want to cook in the cold weather, the lighting of candles. Uh, Louisa Thompson Britz, who wrote one of those books, writes, Hygge happens when we commit to the pleasure of the present moment in its simplicity, in the things we do that give everyday life value and meaning that comfort us and make us feel at home. So, you are all from all different areas around the country. Where I am, a cold weather plant that we can plant is pansies. Another thing is kale. 
So think of something that is planted or, or in bloom where you live and capture that. If you're a gardener, capture the feeling of that. Maybe you want to plant a rosemary plant inside your house or a Christmas cactus. I have a Thanksgiving cactus that blooms every Thanksgiving. So plant life is a part of this attitude taken from montanahappy.com is a quote you will know you have made the right decision when you feel the stress leaving your life that's the concept of hookah it's cozy it's warm and really what i would like for you to take from this life is not a to-do list there are a lot of to-dos during the holiday season but for example i will not wrap gifts unless i am in the zone for it unless i can do it in a meditative way and enjoy what i'm doing because the act of doing it is in itself a joy anticipating the joy of the receiver but also i just enjoy wrapping the gift and i've almost decided to save gift wrap for next week but we'll see how far we get this week i may branch into gift wrapping. There's nothing that says I have to wait. So we will see. Cherishing those moments. Thinking about memories can be good. It can be warm and comforting in that making a dish or multiple dishes around the holidays that you made with your family can also be a little bit sad and melancholy. And if that's the case, for example, I wrote a Christmas card to my late grandparents. They've been gone since 2015, but I took the time to, to pay, take one of my beautiful holiday cards, write to them, tell them I miss them, that I'm a person of faith and I believe I'll see them again. So taking that quiet moment really helped bring what could have been a sad memory into a happier one. Cooking at home. Something as simple as soup. I took chicken stock, carrots, onions, celery, and noodles. And that was basically it for a soup. But it was delicious. It was nourishing. It had vegetables, it had carbohydrates. I think I added some chicken from maybe a can of chicken or maybe chicken from a rotisserie chicken we had. It's just intended to be cozy. Like hot buttered rolls on a cold day. Or if you're English, maybe scones with cream. A cup of Earl Grey or coffee. Just things that transport you. Take a nap if you happen to have time. Enjoy taking care of yourself. Your pets will nap with you. Or in the case of mine, wake you up. I don't have an open fire, so I can't respond to that one. Soft textures. Warm flavors, delicious smells. 
a chance to use your creativity. Maybe that's in baking a cake for someone you love. Maybe that's in a painting, a drawing, some work with clay or a paper craft. I think there was a beading craft on right before this. Whatever you can do with your hands. Now this next one is a bit... Um, not everyone has it, and that's gathering with family and friends. I know on New Year's Eve, there will be the community a thon. That'll be a great opportunity to gather. There are usually calls throughout the holidays where you can gather in if you don't have a place to go. Reading. I don't know about you, but I love to read. I love to read Bard books. I love to read bookshare books. Almost any book will do. I'm not an Audible subscriber just yet, but the time is probably coming. Get out in nature if you can. Take a moment. Go for a walk if it's not too cold. If it is too cold, open your back door and smell the cool air for a moment and then retreat back to your warm kitchen. We've already talked about delicious scent memories that we can evoke with the smells that are around us. What? Carrie? I don't see any hands raised yet. Okay. That's fine. And my last quote is, give yourself five minutes of contemplation every day. Some people keep a gratitude journal something like that. So there you go. All right, consulting my notes. We have not had as much participation today, and that's okay. If you don't want to speak or, or have things to say right away, I will go ahead and talk about gift wrapping. And I guess the first principle of gift wrapping is go ahead and start saving boxes right away. Little boxes, big boxes, cereal boxes, boxes the tea bags come in, all of the above, because whatever you're going to wrap, you're going to wrap in a box. Now, I will preface this by saying, if you want To give a gift in a Walmart bag. It can still be from the heart and it can still be with love and it can still be received as such. There is nothing that says all this is necessary. I just want to make it accessible to you in case you want to explore it. So the next step up from a grocery bag would be brown paper. Wrapping with butcher paper or putting in uh, lunch bags, brown paper lunch bags. You can decorate those with stickers to hold the bag closed or to make it pretty. The Dollar Tree, which is, if you come into my call, you know I love the Dollar Tree. The Dollar Tree has stickers that are raised foam stickers for trees, reindeer, and snowflakes. So what I might do 
because I have three people in my family, I might make mom reindeer, dad Christmas trees, and kids snowflakes. And that way I can pass out the gift and I know who it's for. That keeps everyone, everyone coded the same way and it makes it easy for me with vision loss. If you want bags, you know, ask someone what tissue would match with this bag and try to get color coordinated. If you have any doubts, you can always go with white. That's a safe bet or even find white with a little sparkle. The white tissue is a good do it all kind of thing. Another bet that's usually safe is the metallic tissue because you can put metallic tissue in almost any bag and it looks good. I find it fun to coordinate. So the person I shop with in my shopping tradition is to either, last year I did it online, or go to after Christmas clearance at Michael's and Target and places like that and tell whoever I'm with and pick a color. It might be something I've already chosen. This year it's blue. So I went through the clearance and if I found a bag that had blue or they found a bag that had blue or tissue that had blue or blue bows or blue stickers, we bought it all. We bought it all 50% off or more, mostly 75% off. And that assures me that what's ever in that basket in the corner, no matter what I pull out, it's going to match because it's all in shades of blue. Last year I did shades of green with solid green tissue. So your bags can be blue, your tissue can be blue or white, or for example, that color. I would shy away from or advise to shy away from shades of red because reds don't always go with reds so well. So if you're going with red, I would say red bags and green tissue or green bags and red tissue if you want to do Christmas colors because matching red with red I'm colorblind anyway, and with vision loss, that can be next to impossible. And again, a good way to know what you're getting is to go to a website and order, and that's what I did this time. I got, uh, so I go the next mile and wrap in boxes. That's what I prefer to do rather than bags for everything that I can. So whatever it is, I'll put it in a box. If it's breakable, I'll put pack tissue around it. And like I said, these boxes are all types of boxes that I've saved. And then my inspiration is, and I can't play the video because it's from online, but I can tell you where to find it. And that's YouTube. It's the Insight for Blind channel. That's the word insight, the number four and the word blind. Her name is Jazz and she's a blind occupational therapist. And she made a video, it's 18 minutes long, called How Can a Blind Person Wrap a Present and Make It Pretty? And I won't try to go through all the details of everything she did, but she teaches you how to measure your package, which basically involves taking three sides of the package to take your measurement. Invest in a good set of gift wrapping scissors. You have to be careful, but if your scissors are sharp and you only use them for gift, pa gift paper, they will last you for years. I recommend Chinese scissors. That's what they're called. And the reason is that rather than one side being large and one small of the handholds of the scissor, both sides are equally shaped and they're usually metal, so they can be used right-handed or left-handed. 
and the blades are sharp on both sides. It's excellent scissors for cutting wrapping paper. You can also get equal sized handles in scissors for sewing. That would, but I've always called them Chinese scissors, and that's where I found them when I ordered the ones I have now. I would say try to get thicker paper if you can, either double-sided paper or just paper of a decent thickness, because the thicker the paper, the easier it is to handle and to fold and such, and as you manipulate it, it won't be as likely to tear at the corners. I also recommend scotch tape. They have it at the Dollar Tree, and it's worth it. And if you watch the video, it will explain. And if anyone needs the video, they can connect with me through community and I can get you the link directly to this video. But it just basically is, involves running your hands across the package and straight down off, off the edge. And if you cut it to the right size that covers three sides of the box, then it'll, it'll be the perfect size to fold over. And it makes it achievable to wrap without vision loss, without vision. I still enjoy wrapping gifts quite a bit. I use both the stick-on bows and the ribbon that wraps around the gift, whichever you prefer or both. And again, for the tags, I, I find it easier to use all the same paper because I mix the tubes up if I try to do one paper for each person and that's hard for me to see. So I'll do the same wrapping for everyone, but the tags will be different. This year, I've selected a different Christmas ornament for each person in my family. So my mom might get nativity ornaments, for example. My dad will get wooden snowflakes. My sister will get candy canes. That's how I do it. And it really helps to keep the packages straight. You can use almost anything as a gift tag. You can use ornaments. Like I said, you can use pieces of candy. You can use bows. You can use items from, you'd be surprised at what you can use as a gift tag. And let your inspiration flow. I mean, if you don't want assistance in picking out things that go together, pick out things that seem good to you and go with it. You won't do the wrong thing. People will see the value of what you're doing and feel the love in the gift wrap and you will have fun doing it. And if you don't have fun doing it, there is nothing wrong with finding someone who does love doing it and getting them to help you. <laughs> I've done that before. I have learned to do it and I enjoy doing it now, but there have been years I didn't enjoy it so much. And on those years I did farm it out. I'm sure everyone would understand if I just went to bags, but at least for this year, I'm going to continue with the wrapping. I think it's good. Another fun idea is instead of wrapping in boxes, if you're doing a stocking stuffer style Christmas, to buy small items and buy a stocking. Again, you can get them at the Dollar Tree. I find that it's fun to cut little squares of wrapping and try to wrap small items. Like it's fun to wrap a lipstick. Because they know what it is, right? It's lipstick. But you've got, you've been strapped and it's cute. And you can fill a little drawstring bag with tiny items. You know, earrings, lipstick, miniature lotion, 
just the little things, socks and, and fill a stocking. I guarantee it'll bring a smile. It can be really affordable, really small things, and it can still bring so much joy. Funny story about my ribbon collection. I take my curling ribbon, which I have in almost every color, and I find that if I pop the tip off of an old straight cane, mobility cane, uh, NFB cane, that it's the perfect width to string all my ribbons on it and hang it from the closet rod. And then it hangs uh, horizontally from hooks and it's got all my ribbons and I can pull off what I need. And then I just put the tip back on when I'm done loading all the ribbon on it and all the ribbon stays in place on the old white cane. It's a, a great use for an old cane you're not using anymore. Just consulting my notes. Oh, yes. Another idea that you can do when it comes to wrapping, in addition to ornaments for each person or stickers for each person, if you want to be a little bit more subtle, you could also do a different ribbon for each person. Like if everyone got brown paper wrapping, for example, you could do raffia for one person. You could do flat ribbon for another, curling ribbon for another, shiny ribbon for another. It might be a very subtle difference and all of them might even be the same color to a sighted viewer, but to you, they will feel different and you will know what you have. And you can even communicate to other members of your family. If you want to pass out the gifts, you can communicate to them the system that you're using. Now, it'd be hard to do it for more than four or five people. So if you have a huge gathering, you know, maybe you need to go another route, you might make Braille tags. There's, there's, that's a fine thing. And attach them or Braille print tags to attach to gifts if you should so desire to do that. Does anyone want to make any comments before I go on? Just giving you a chance. Uh, there's still no raised hands. Okay, that's fine. We will move on to the next. Maybe not everyone's favorite part of the holidays, and that's packing things away. So, how can we keep things organized in a way that we can get them out each year and get them back and get them with vision loss? And I have by no means perfected this, but I do have several tips that come in handy. One was provided last week by our host from last week, Cindy Laban, and she uses the tubes, the long tubes of paper towels, paper empty paper towel tubes, and wraps her lights around them to keep them straightened out as she takes them off. You can do the same thing with ribbon or garland if you have the same ribbon or garland on your tree year upon year. Another hint that was suggested last week is to keep 
all of each kind of ornament in its own Ziploc bag. So all the Christmas balls, all the candy canes, all, and, and we do it more so by category at our house, because like I said last week, we do small trees in each variety. And another trick, if you have the space to put small trees away whole in an attic or barn, is to uh, affix the ornaments well, maybe even with green zip ties or wired them on with ornament hooks and come up from the bottom with a 10-gallon garbage bag and then down from the top with another 10-gallon garbage bag. Tie it gently around at the top and at the bottom. And you've got a protected tree there that you can move uh, into storage and out of storage. and You don't have to redecorate it. So that's an option that you have in addition to taking things off and, and selecting ornaments as you wish to do. For Now, I have gone away from breakable. So there was a time I had, you know, ornaments that would totally shatter the glass balls and if you drop them a million pieces i don't do that anymore. i have converted to plastic they're just as beautiful you cannot tell a difference at least i have never had a negative comment about any of my trees i've decorated using that method so i've moved away from but if you still have highly breakable ornaments i would suggest saving the box and sticking a brailleable on it you can either braille your own and stick it on with double stick and or you can get something called brailleables that's the word braille and the word labels but it's one word and you can run that through your perkins or stick a piece of it in a slate and stylus and braille out a label yourself and then peel and stick and it's clear they were designed by teachers for uh applications in kids' classrooms, but they they make for great for things like this. And you could even, if you find an attractive way to do it, like find some, some dark cardstock or some paper that would be complementary to your holiday decor. And if you have ornaments that are special, for example, this is a cross-stitched ornament of our, my first Christmas with my spouse, and it's 27 years old, and I want to remember it forever. I was just making up some way of knowing that some kind of a, attach a, a braille card to it, attach a way tag to it. If you use the way around app, find a way to mark that memory. And if you can give that ornament its own box, then do that and match the ornament with the tag or with the box every year. It's a lot of work the first year but it's totally worth it. And if you can keep the box it came in, bonus for that, because that keeps it extra safe, especially if it's a breakable one. And in the case that you want ornaments that have a memory, maybe make them super unique. So for a blind person, speaking for myself, it's not the most enjoyable thing for me to have 25 ornaments that are all cross-stitched in round frames, because what are they? I don't know. I see something round with a white background on my tree <laughs> and they all look the same. Worse still, if you can't see them at all and you're just feeling a round frame and fabric. So 
you know, work around that. Either mark them or maybe choose to display one or two that are unique that you've attached to a memory somehow. If it's, you know, a tree in memory of grandpa, then find an ornament that's tactile, that an ornament in the shape of cowboy boots, an ornament in the shape of a cowboy hat. String some popcorn around that tree like he always used to do. Hang a uh, clip on a decorative bird for the birds he used to watch out his window and feed every day. Find ways to make it things that you can totally tell what it is. It gives you that sense of memory and warmness. And don't let it become, oh, well, I have these. I have to display them. Well, display them if you want to. But if you would rather make a memory, then you can do that too. And maybe for you, your memory is it's it's a tree. It's got all Christmas balls from the same color out of the same box with white lights. And I put it in my window so my neighbors can see it. That is perfectly okay. However you choose to celebrate the season, it should be something that brings you joy. As you're putting away... One of my favorite low vision methods is to put things in plastic totes or boxes and pl place a piece of white duct tape on with black lettering. <clears throat> and even once I've moved over to all Braille labels for my stuff, I intend to still do this method with the white tape and the black lettering so that I can say, I'm looking for the box that says manger scenes. And the person who's with me can help me because if it's just all Braille, that's not going to help the person who's helping. And I may not always be doing it alone. So that can go a long way toward helping. Some things, I just get a new one each year. And some things, like I always try to find a different decoration for my office every year. And this year it came from my sister. And it's two plastic gingerbread house ornaments and a clip-on thingy with these little balls that have tactile sprinkles on them and it's meant to match the gingerbread house. And I have that in my office to enjoy. Last year, I bought a pack of tiny trees from the Dollar Tree and set tiny trees around in my office so that as I was doing my work, I'd run into tiny trees. There's no reason why you have to do absolute treasured items, right? The treasure can be the fun of it. So if you just want to pick up $20 worth of decorations and put them around, throw them out at the end. <laughs> That's totally fine. Better yet, donate them. Goodwill is full of great Christmas stuff after January. And you can donate and maybe find some stuff that you want to bring back with you for, for new. I have terrible habit of buying advent wreaths because I can't find my advent wreath from last year. And for anyone who's not familiar, an advent wreath is a wreath with four candles and a fifth one in the middle. The fifth one in the middle is white. It's the Christ candle. And the four candles are peace, hope, love, and joy. And three of them are purple and one of them is pink. And for the four weeks, the four Sundays before Christmas, are the four Sundays of Advent, and you do purple, purple, pink, purple. That's the order. So week one, you light one purple candle. Week two, you light two purple candles. Week three, you light two purple and one pink. And week four, you light all four. 
And on Christmas, you light the Christ candle because Christ is born. And then for the subsequent weeks of Christmas, which is 12 days, so it's usually at least two Sundays, we'll be lighting all four candles plus the white candle in the middle. Said all that to say this, I have several. So last year, I converted over to electric candles, battery-operated tea lights, because I was just tired of the stress of trying to light candles. And so I can turn that on anytime I want, and there's no hazard. And once it needs swapping out, I can just swap out a battery, and I'm all good. But I also happen to maintain the candles at my church. And today, which I preface this by saying when I set up for Christmas last weekend for Advent, I put the wreath up, I lit all the candles, I made sure they were lit. Well, today they go to light the second candle because it's two purple candles today for the second Sunday of Advent. The second one wouldn't light. So frustrating. The wick had slipped and we were able to service the candle and get it working again. But for the whole service, I someone had told me it didn't light properly. And for the whole service, I was thinking about it. Totally not where my mind should have been. But so boxes with braille labels. I like plastic boxes. And I like having a designated corner that's that's just Christmas. We have a storage barn. And in the storage barn is a designated place for Christmas decorations. We hang our Christmas wreaths from hooks out there in the barn. We have all the boxes together and they're all labeled so that I know when I'm looking for something what I can especially find. If you're the kind of person who buys gifts ahead of time, maybe you want a gift stash box and you mark each with what's for each person and then if you've bought ahead keep a list on your computer or somewhere so that you know what you've bought ahead so i will not prolong this and likely since we've covered so much this week i will not hold one on next sunday i hope you all Enjoy your celebrations and go out and try some of these things. 